Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 3rd of October 2022. The big drilling month, the planting of cereals so doing grain have a job next year. Carry on, lads. It's going rather well, I think, now. A bit too much rain this weekend, possibly, but lots of optimism about in terms of crop conditions, with the exception of rape. Anyway, let's start with rape. It's gone up this week. You could sell November at 520. If you're looking at harvest for next year, 514 for harvest delivery. Obviously, premium on top, but the big thing of that particular commodity at the moment is the damage that has been done and whether people are going to be pulling the fields up and planting something else with it. It seems to be a battle that some of the fields are losing. Moving on to prices for cereals. It's been a very bullish week. The market went up all last week. There was us saying, look, I think it's going to go down in the short term. You can't help the political statements that come out of Russia and the things that make the market go up. And you can't help the utter loonies that now run the asylum, which is our government. So the drop in the pound has had a significant effect on us all. And uh, we'll talk a little bit at the end of this week's market report. You can have a little bite size, just me on my own. It's been a very heavy week. And bluntly, we haven't had the time to get a guest in. And I'm going to do just literally a small bite size issue on some of my opinions and uh, with no one here to goad me i shouldn't get into rant stage but hey unchecked could be dangerous so feed wheat for old crop is currently well yesterday there was a range if you tried to sell feed wheat for say october you would get somewhere bid between 277 and 270 depending on the timing of the day that you came on so it had a drop yesterday but obviously the prices have had a significant rally in the last week or so. So taking the opening gambit this morning, it's around 271 for October feed wheat X farm. I expect it to not be much different to that by the end of the day, but hey, who's to say what happens next? And if you look at the carry in the market now, there's at least a tenner between that and next May. And I think it becomes more and more probable that the price for carries will go out from there. So let's be clear, movement pre-Christmas is going to be very, very much under pressure with a lack of homes to go to. But further forward, I think, you know, there's going to be more people, if they are looking to buy, they've got to relate somehow to the futures market, which is considerably higher than the than the ex-farm market. So I, I think ex-farm values should go at least £10 a tonne as the season develops in terms of paying you back for your storage. Currently, feed barley's had a better time. We're looking for feed barley for November, so 245x. If you've got a big parcel or the haulage can be cheaper to where we're taking it, maybe have a word. I think there will be interest in that. That's come about through weakness of the pound. Great, there's a direct benefit to farmers in this weak currency. Malting barley is also on the up. I can't see it going down with feed barley kind of 
beginning to push upwards as well. So roughly figures for November, say 275 as a guide, X Farm. I would say, depending on grade and quality, wave it in front of us and we'll tell you specifically what it's worth. Might be worth a little bit more than that, depending on what it is. There is demand for certain things. There's actually some demand for some higher nitrogen barleys as well. So if you had in your head that something was going to be kicked into touch, there might just be a little premium you weren't expecting. So again, if you've got unsold malting barley on farm, let us know what it is. So at least when the market comes up, we can then contact you. And just in round figures, crops like rye, £20 discount to wheat, pulses or beans, £25 over wheat. Those are happily trading, so bits and pieces that you need tidying up and moving. Yeah, please keep talking to us about it. Yeah, nothing else much to say about old crop. New crop, harvest values for, let's start with malting barley for change. I would say winters, direct into one of our stores for immediate movement harvest, 290, springs, 300. So let's just repeat that, £300 per tonne delivered to one of our stores for immediate harvest movement for spring barley. That is a fantastic price historically whether it's brilliant in the great plan of things in the future i don't know but i do think if you're going to plant a bucket load of spring barley and we don't know what the autumn's going to do yet it might ruin everything and not stop wheat going in the ground the price could drop i just think those sorts of levels need to be considered for 25 percent of the crop And as I said in last week's podcast, there is issues with political actions don't necessarily always push the market up. If the right thing happened for the speculators to take a view that commodities would drop dramatically, it would have an immediate effect on you. So it isn't just a one-way ticket. So let's be a little cautious when you're turning down prices that high. Anyway, harvest movement, wheat, round figures 240 delivered, harvest movement, feed wheat, 230. That's a big difference, bearing in mind how close some of you guys are to the stores. But chasing around after haulage in the middle of harvest isn't much fun and isn't very cheap. If you can sort it out yourself, I'm sure you can get it for a fiver. Go, go for the delivered in price. It would save us work and get you a better return. If you look at November X Farm, currently 260. I don't see much downside. If the market went down to 250, which isn't much downside, I don't think it's going to go a lot lower than that for quite a long period of time, especially if the pound stays weak. Obviously, that's going to continuously help us on all the things we're trying to do. So at the moment, I can't see the lady is turning as as they say u-turns are not for her so yeah you got to say that that's another string to the bullish bow of new crop we'll come on to the ukraine and all that stuff because it's it's still there looming in the background and who knows it looks pretty grim at the moment and production's gonna be a lot lower and the weather i am going to talk about that shortly which leads on to feed barley roughly harvest movement 220x farm again rye contracts we've got some of those 20 pound discount to wheat beans 30 pound premium to wheat if anyone's ever going to grow beans again i'm told we're going to head in that direction but it's been a, another miserable year and if we keep getting heat waves and droughts we'll keep getting miserable bean yields and just focus on the following crop and hope that wheat the next year more than makes up for the loss you make on beans but all in all it's a very positive price structure at the moment it's a definite profit for new crop it's a good profit in old crop we're in a very good place and the pound going down is without out helping this side of the industry it's going to have an impact on you on all the other things that you buy obviously but on our side of things prices can only be supported by an ever weakening pound and i think i'll touch on that in my little bit that i talk after this little advert thank you thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours thank goodness the norfolk dinner is back 
Hosted by the Norfolk Institute of Agricultural Merchants, this year's event will be at St Andrew's Hall in the centre of Norwich on Thursday the 19th of January 2023. There'll be food, a chance to talk and meet with each other, plus you can even get your name on the wall and be famous. To book your tickets and find out about sponsorship, email ben at doinggrain.co.uk. So that's the Norfolk Dinner, 19th of January 2023, St Andrew's Hall, Norwich. Let's make the grain trade alive and thrive again. Right, a bite-sized bit of Andrew doing. I wanted to just, obviously we had a budget last week, a mini-budget that was called a special military operation. No, no, it wasn't. It's called a fiscal something or other, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't called a mini-budget. First thing that comes to my mind, I have been extremely critical, as you will remember, about our previous Prime Minister. And I got lots of criticism from that from certain big fans. And I'm sure there's some Conservative voting members, if they're still able to hear at their age, who would complain at the things I say. But one thing crossed my mind that if I'm critical of the new Prime Minister, will there be one of those victim tickets that comes out because she's female? Or, you know what I mean by that? I actually crossed my mind that can I be really, really ruthlessly rude? Because someone did say to me, oh, you're just jealous, it's a woman in charge. And I went, no, because I made a comment about the where she made a statement when she was DEFRA secretary that she wouldn't in any way compromise, you know, the, the UK farmers spec by allowing cheap food to come into the country. Then she did a load of deals where she's outsourced her bee killing and all the other things. It's a direct fib. And I think the journalists have been generous in not keep replaying that statement she made because it's been already directly contravened by the action she's taken. I don't like that. I, don't, I think it's more of the same. It's just, you know, instead of Boris, it is someone who didn't go to eat but they're prepared to say whatever it takes to get out of the room and everybody smiles and certainly the dynamic of the election where Rishi and her were, were head to head he in the end I think he probably knew he wasn't going to get voted in he just said it how it was he wouldn't compromise on a load of the stuff so we need to be a little bit serious about not just blowing money away yes we've got to help the poorest in society but we've got to not blindly throw money away at the same time and to his great credit since the debacle of the last week he has been very quiet and I think the best thing you do is just remain silent for at least two or three weeks and then possibly kindly let uh, Laura Koonsberg get to him again and he can just smile benignly and say well you know I told the truth and I didn't appeal to that particular set of people for the things they wanted to hear they wanted to hear Maggie talk and you know even to the point where you can be rude about leaders of foreign countries to show how tough you are it's beginning all of those things are beginning to get paid back so yeah the mini budget has had a dramatic effect on our cereal prices because sterling has has had a proper kicking I mean the biggest irony of all of it is the cap on bankers bonuses let's announce that you're not going to have any restrictions how much money you can earn you can earn a bonus as big as mars if you want do what you like just you know make loads of money and we'll love it so all these bankers got that announcement and they all got a little party and yay we're gonna get that we can earn as much as we like and they said right what's the first thing we'll take a bet on oh oh yeah well our currency there looks pretty rubbish doesn't it yeah let's sell sterling and there we go so the people who are going to get a massive bonus was going short of sterling and basically the more sterling goes down the more money they earn and we've encouraged them to do it you know take a bigger spec boys because you're going to make a bigger profit which you can't blame them for because their job is to make profit out of the thing that's most obvious to them but surely the people who said right have this bonus must have thought there's a potential for these guys to do what what happened all those years ago with George Soros and there isn't and the bank very clearly said there wasn't enough money in the reserves to, to hold the market more than about five minutes if the world started to speculate against it. So utter moronicness and 
absolute irony. But yeah, in another way, the bankers are effectively being paid twice. Or no, we're paying for it twice. One, we're paying them the the bonus, i.e. they're not being taxed on it. But two, the actual inflation is directly affecting every individual person. So it's a double whammy. So there you go. That was the first bit that kind of made me weep. And Liz keeps has come on TV last night and kept saying COVID debt. Yes, there is a COVID debt, an enormous COVID debt. But there was a bigger debt there before. And now she's going to borrow even more. And everybody knows. I mean, she tries to parallel herself with old Maggie. But Maggie was thrifty, always talked about you know, keeping shop and keeping the purse strings tight. This is like the girl's been given a credit card and she's waving her arms, come on down. Yeah, I'll have one of them, I'll have one of them. And I'm going to promise you this and we can spend this much on military... I don't know whether any of you are holding your head or or agreeing with me or or getting cross, but purely from my level of understanding, which is very low, I'm not bright enough to be a politician. I can stand on the background and chuck these stones, but boy, oh boy, there's no confidence. I've got to say, Quasi Quartan came across, I thought, really well. He seems really competent and very articulate and doesn't seem phased by it. I suspect he didn't expect the pound to collapse in his sums. But I guess if he'd put that in front of the, the, the monetary committee, he might have had someone say you do realise the pound will collapse if that happens, and he might have gone, oh. But one assumes he worked all that out because he's, he's won university challenge and he's therefore very clever. And one other thing, just as a, you know, my bitter and twisted, I can never have a victim tablet except for my baldness, which I'm delighted with, the rejoicing, it can only be described as rejoicing, of the number of people who came out with the there's no white men in the top five posts in government. Well, that seems to have gone quite well, doesn't it? And certainly all of the rejoicing seems to have gone a bit quiet now because the car crash is actually happening in front of our eyes. So, yeah, that, there's a little part of me that goes, well, maybe old, bald, white men might know something or two. I don't know. But it seemed a little bit too glib on the day and mildly irritating to me. But then I'm just, you know, a grudge-bearing old git. I promised not to get ranting, didn't I? But uh, there is no one here to stop me. So the other thing about, I think, in my opinion, the budget, the tactics we're going at has everything to do with the 2024 election and nothing to do with giving a shit about the people or actually looking at the poorest in society or actually trying to sort things out. I think if she can rely on the stupid people not to vote and the people who are completely fed up with politics because their vote never counts anyway because of our system which suits suits that particular party and it suits the Labour Party as well let's be clear they know that either they or the Conservatives will be in and no one else seems to count I think if there was proportional representation everyone would improve their game now I think we've got to a point of complete staleness and something really radical has got to happen in politics in the UK and that would mean far right parties are there but it would also mean the Greens are in there and it would also mean that the far left were in there but you would end up with some form of consensus and not this crazy control of very few people in the country and the sole interests of the rich. Anyway, let's move on from the miseries of our government and our pound. And for what it's worth, I think the pound's going to get smacked really hard. I think this has happened before. There's going to be a regroup period where we think, well, that's gone down enough and that, you know, that should be enough. And other countries have got enough troubles as well. No. I think if there's the thing the bankers can can bank on in terms of their bonus, go short of sterling. It's going to go down, I believe, which underlyingly is bullish or friendly or supportive to cereal prices, which is the point of this podcast. The other things just to have a talk about the Ukraine, 
Russia have annexed parts of Ukraine. If Ukraine attacked those areas, it's now attacking Russia, according to the psychology of the Russian people. And it isn't just Vlad. Most of the country are kind of nationalistic believers in such crap. Their pipeline explosions, who's doing that? Do you think the Americans are doing that? I can't see them doing that because it's kind of too obvious. And they would have reacted really aggressively if someone had attacked their pipeline. They've kind of gone, oh, someone's attacked our pipeline. Must be the Americans. That is not what they would do if the Americans attacked their pipeline, let me tell you. So it appears to be a self-inflicted, you aren't going to get any gas ever, sod you lot Europe type moment. Fair enough. It's also a little veiled warning to the UK about the pipeline that comes from Norway across here. It shows that they can do that if they feel like doing it and cut off our gas. And that would be a good way of not killing lots of people, but it would be a good way of making lots of people very cold and killing them in a very slow, miserable way. I think it's taken a big, bad turn for the worse, and I just can't see production in Ukraine getting anywhere near last year's figure. So we know Ukraine's off the pitch, which again is supportive for cereal prices. So I, I think whatever happens and whatever increase in planting around the world, we're totally relying on the weather to allow for the crop to be good in most big producing areas. Which leads on to my next thing, which is two hurricanes in the last week, two typhoons, right? Canada had a hurricane or very close to a hurricane. It never gets that far north because the water's too cold normally. So Canada, that's, this is one of those like a heat wave moment. There is Hurricane Ian and we all know how big Ian is. It's one of those moments where people are dying. There's lots and lots of water piling in. There's flooding galore. You can't go outside because there's alligators, snakes and sewage and it's hideous. But the typhoon in the Philippines, the typhoon in Japan, these are things happening at a greater magnitude. The weather is going to misbehave with worse and worse, you know, dynamic, with greater ferocity. In other words, you're going to have a hotter period, a longer, drier period, a bigger typhoon, a stronger wind, more flooding, etc. It's going to be bigger because of the dynamic of the, of the temperature and the amount of moisture in the air. So what chance of a crop failure next spring to summer somewhere significant? And that's the thing that we won't know until March, April, May next year. But with the stocks where they are, with the Ukraine and Russia in the situation they're in, with the currency that we've got, I can't see really many reasons why the market is going to come down. But more importantly, I can't see a way out for the world to keep producing the, the size of crop that it's going to need to keep producing. Again, is you know, water is the thing that people have written years ago. That will be the thing that people have wars about. Well, we're getting closer to it. Not in my lifetime, probably. But impact on grain prices, back to our podcast, it's going to be supportive. Yeah, wow, I'm a miserable old git, aren't I? Right, so let's get on to something positive. I'm going to talk about something positive for the end of this podcast. I'm going to remind everyone, I know the little advert said something about the Norfolk dinner just before I came on here, but let's just talk a little bit about the Norfolk dinner, right? 19th of January. We haven't been there since uh, 2019, and so we missed two fabulous winter nights in Norwich. The wet and the cold was there as usual, but we weren't. We're going to be in the middle of Norwich again, not in the same venue as before because that's now closed down and sitting there like this... You know, lovely big building not being used and I believe it's, it's now turning into a university building. So we're going to be meeting in a place called St Andrew's Hall which is an old massive old church building where they normally hold beer festivals and stuff and it's right in the middle of the city again so our plan is for everyone to get there, everyone to drink a few beers and there'll be sponsored beers and things like that so you, so, you know decent value for money beer and we will get a chance for everyone to meet that's the plan, everyone meets in the same place and they have a chance to 
chat to everybody. That's the whole point of a dinner, is seeing that everyone else is a human. Not standing there in the corner with your little iPhone WhatsApping someone, but actually put your phone away, talk to each other. In fact, there ought to be some sort of fine, as far as I'm concerned, if we can see someone on their mobile phone, because people need to learn that isn't the way to live your life. But you go there, you meet up, have a couple of beers, decide that the person you're sort of trading opposite for another big company is actually not so bad, he's quite a laugh and you quite like him and you can get drunk with him if you, if you felt like it. Or her. And yeah, so afterwards, you, we then have a meal. We're not going to have a speaker, which is going to save us some money. And it's going to give us, more importantly, a bit more time afterwards to finish the barrels of beer off, meet everybody properly. So there's more time to sit and chat. And then after that's finished, because you're in the middle of Norwich, you can go outside and get freezing cold and go down to Pop World and do some karaoke or go and watch some exotic types dancing somewhere, if that's what your thing is. Or you can find a bar and spend the rest of the night talking crap. And I just will say on the basis of that, and I do want lots of people to come to this dinner because it's the best dinner in terms of meeting people after the Christmas break. So you're starting the new year, you kind of just started going again and you're just, you know, what should we do? Should we go long? Should we go short? Should we just, you know, blindly pretend we have on whatever? It's the best time to practice your blagging or your bullshit. You know, in my experience, you go to a dinner, you have to fib fantastically. And I was never that good at it. I should just tell the truth and they go, huh, it's not very good, is it? Why is he not bullshitting me? But you can stand there and say, yeah, we, we went flat long a million tons on the 30th of Jan last year. <laughs> Don't know when to sell it not sure yeah mm. but uh, next year yeah no we're long again uh, yeah we're 70 pound in the money <laughs> That's what you have to do. You have to come there and come with the biggest load of rubbish you possibly can. You can never be wrong. No one will ever know, except we all secretly do. And it's great. You, know, you can see who's good at it and see who's rubbish at it. But you do, do stand there. Don't forget you are employed. You have got a job. You are worth something. Even if you cocked up your last trading for the last three weeks, there's lots of things you've done properly to get the job in the first place. So stand there, big and proud. Look at each other. Find people you like and trade with them and get on with them and do each other favours. Don't start screwing each other just for the sake of thrupping and <laughs> contractually oh boy you should uh, you know go over there and die no it's like this is the time when you reach out to people of your age or older or younger and you learn you help you thrive that's what's going to make this industry survive and be worth going to and dinners yeah i love the norfolk dinner i'm going to go back to that again next year it's useful to you so use it so with that, very happy thought. Make sure someone in your company's booked a table. Make sure you're going to spend some money. If anyone wants to help with the sponsorship of it, contact Ben, ben at doinggrain.co.uk. That's for, for table information. The advert before my little spiel here has, has, has covered the ground of it, and that'll come on for a few more weeks. But I just wanted to, to remind everybody how fun it is. Uh, yes, I promise it will be cold, and I promise it will be miserable in Norwich that night. But... It's not that far down the road to somewhere warmer with a nice gin and tonic waiting for you. So with that in mind, positive end of the podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.